Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Get your own line. Uh. <laughs> oh, here comes the plane. I'm in a kind of a loud environment. We're by the airport. Uh, they have this little airport here with all these little commuter plane or little... Uh, Another airport episode. Planes. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a bunch of people in the house that I'm in right now just kind of showering and slamming doors and stuff. So What did you just say about showering? Oh, there's a lot of people in the house. I'm with Jenny's family. We rented a house in Sun River. Oh, you're on um, vacation. I gotcha. Yeah, it's like this resort. It was intentionally built to be a resort, and it's like all these houses everywhere you can rent. And it's ba- I call it um, happy white people because that's all you see here is happy, relaxed, white, R-E-M rich white people. <laughs> happy, shiny, white people. <laughs> I told that to my brother-in-law. He's like, no, I saw a black family today on my bike ride. And I was like, you will remember that to the day you die. I think, no, I think it was just white people standing in the shade. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I thought you said at first, uh, there's people showering everywhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I pictured showering. that. So today's topic is gambling. Uh, Matt just got back from a trip to Vegas with his college buddies. You guys have a good time, Matt? Yeah, you know, it's just a reunion of guys from college. Um, it just got me thinking about the town and how this it was all built on gambling, which is crazy because it was really the only place in in the whole United States where it was allowed. Yeah. So it's better than being a city built on rock and roll. <laughs> Nate, you ever go to Vegas? Uh, I was in Vegas when I with. <laughs> With, with my family, A, and when I was 20. <laughs> oh, nice. God. So that was great. I They escorted me. They have certain areas where, uh, like, just a common area where you can be if you're under 21. Man, I'll tell you what. If you cross into the casino floor, they attack you like nobody's business. I remember several times yeah. being escorted back to the, uh, quote-unquote, kids area. But I remember they back in the day, one. they used to, on every street corner, they'd hand out these... Uh, quote-unquote playing cards matt they still do that yeah yeah they still do i remember uh, so those cards that you're talking about nate obviously it's got girls on girls on there numbers you can call for an escort you know and we when we were out there we had brought in greg beerbauer our buddy from brandon and greg's a good guy he's a cool guy but he looks young and he was wearing a fanny pack and so they would hand me a card and Matt a card, and then Greg would reach for a card, and they'd lift over his head and hand it to the next guy. <laughs> so Greg's mission was to get one of those cards, so he'd walk back and forth, and they'd always like do this thing where they just totally reached over his head and handed it to the next guy. <laughs> it's pretty funny. been to a topless uh, review and it was uh, one of these super campy Vegas um, like showgirl it was called girls 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 I think but it was like at a normal theater at a normal casino and my contacts were ripped and the only tickets that I could afford or that we could afford were the back row and so I couldn't see anything clearly on stage. So it looked like a bunch of 12 year old boys kicking their legs up in the air. I didn't, I was like trying to squint. And then it was just this horrible music. It was like, girls, girls, girls. That was my one uh, topless venture in, uh, in Vegas. It was well worth it. I was like squinting. I was like, huh, is that, is that a, 
like is that a girl or is that, what is that? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then the and then the other good another good time we had in Vegas, Matt was uh, I don't know if you're talking about your first wedding. Uh, I'll just give it as the context because uh, me and Pat. Uh, went out with you and we were in suits and uh, or I was in a suit anyway and we thought it'd be cool to not get a hotel room uh, just to stay up all night in the casino you and Pat which is not cool you and Pat came up with that yeah Pat and you came I don't think out. I had enough money for a room oh, but uh, the idea of staying up all night in a casino is fun until you don't have any money after eight o'clock and then it's like three forty-three a.m. and they're vacuuming the floor and you're trying to sleep in a chair <laughs> Not as not as cool, not as much of the high life as I thought it was going to be. See, I think in your mind, you you thought it would be like a night like in the movie Swingers. Is that what it you was, expected? Yeah, it was not. It was. And we were off the, the strip. The too. old woman asking you to uh, pick your feet up so she can vacuum <laughs> under your feet. Exactly. <laughs> There was a Supreme Court case um, about a year ago that uh, New Jersey bought, brought because they wanted Atlantic City to start being able to spend, bet on sports. Uh, before that, because of a 1992 uh, federal statute, uh, you couldn't. No states could uh, make laws uh, allowing uh, betting on sports, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, but they the they won that case, and so now it's totally open. Any state, if they want to, can can uh, open up a sports book, which is pretty amazing. I think Governor Christie wanted that so that he could get the tax revenue to expand the buffets. Right. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what broke it wide open was the New Jersey stuff. But would he have been know... the fattest president we ever had if he would have won? Uh, well, what about Taft? Didn't, Taft they have yeah. To, yeah. didn't they have to, like, grease a tub with, like, <laughs> butter or something to get him? And then he probably ate the How butter, get... too. <laughs> Is that an old wives' tale? Maybe they greased it before he got in, and then he ate it, and they were like, Taft, now that butter's for getting you out of there. He's like, what butter? It seems like now that the Vegas has become more of an experience, uh, you know, with shows and dinners and, and uh, shopping and all that, Just, I think just to hedge their bets a little bit uh, against some of the online gambling that's going to, especially well, they- with the sports. Didn't they try to be more family oriented for a while, and then they kind of scrapped that whole thing? They did. I mean, you didn't, didn't see they do any that? kids, any kids yeah. there. That and is the best thing see, about Vegas. Like, yeah. Is no kids, as far as the eye can see. Matt, didn't you go to Vegas on Thanksgiving and eat at a bar by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> did they have a turkey plate? <laughs> no, it was just runny, runny eggs in that bar by myself, playing Keno. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a nice Thanksgiving that year. There are some interesting, I don't know if you guys did any research on the gambling um, phenomenon. So there's things like being in a good mood leads to increased gambling. There's a thing called gambler's fallacy, where let's say you roll a dice and you get three sixes in a row. You think there's no way I'm going to get another six. But the truth is that the odds are exactly the same as they were uh, to get a six on any of those other rolls. That's called gambler's fallacy. Um, there's changing expectations, uh, regarding winning. So if you put money down on a horse, your brain, uh, made you believe more that that horse was going to win because you had an investment, you had a stake in the game. So you thought it was going to win more than if you didn't bet money on something. Obviously there's a gambling addiction. Um, the DSM five, which is the, uh, the manual for mental illness and psychology 
just recently allowed or put gambling in the context of addiction after 15 years of studying it and they because they discovered that it's essentially the same as drug addiction with the dopamine uh, rushes that go to your brain and you become dependent upon it there's even weird things like people with parkinson's disease uh, because they have a um, a less dopamine producing neurons in their uh, in their brain uh, they are more more likely to be addicted to gambling. Like there's a higher percentage of Parkinson's uh, patients that are addicted to gambling uh, because medically their brain is searching for that dopamine rush. I've always been interested in the psychology of like how a casino is laid out. Most casinos have no windows to the outside, like because they don't want you to see outside. Right. They don't There's want no you clocks. to, yeah, they don't know clocks. They don't know windows. They don't want you to understand, oh, well, hey, it's getting late. Or, uh, I think they pump in oxygen too, uh, to keep that's a rumor that they pump in, pump in oxygen. Um, I don't know if, maybe, I don't know if it's true that there's other rumors, um, well, not, not even rumors really, but like, You'll notice that there's curved hallways in casinos hmm. because if you come to a like a right angle hallway, subconsciously it triggers you to make decisions. Um, even subtle things like the carpet in casinos is always crazy. Yep. And so there's a psychology behind that to either keep your eyes up towards the machines or to create a disorientated feeling. Um, and then the bells and all the dings and bells and everything of the machinery makes you subconsciously believe that there's more winning happening yes, than there actually is. Exactly. Yep. It's the sensory um, overload part. Sure, every single thing in a casino has been studied, you know. Oh, yeah. Even like uh, like the Bellagio. Is that what you said you stayed, Matt? Those guys yeah, stayed at the Bellagio? Uh, all my friends stayed at the Bellagio, so we, we spent most of our time there. Yeah, so I think the Bellagio pioneered this concept which is i think it's called the playground concept which is if they create a environment that has that looks really rich you'll feel like you have more money than you do and you'll feel like taking more risks with the money if you're in a really rich looking environment so that's one thing the slot machines they ding and and, and bell and everything if you put a dollar in and a lot of times you'll win but you'll win like 40 cents it'll still ding and bell and you'll feel like you won when really you lost 60 cents. So it's not, so you don't get the feeling of losing. A lot of times the slot machines are designed to sort of be a maze to where you can't get out easily. Um, the whole thing, even just having chips instead of cash, because you're trained to know that if you lose cash, that's real. But if you lose chips, it doesn't feel real. Another one is uh, feeling like you have more control. So there's certain games where you roll dice or you, you, know, you, you have like something in your hand, some level of control. And it feels like even though it's still random... You feel like because you're doing something, it's it's a better odds for you. That's some Did interesting. Did you hear about I, the I, lady that rolled 144 winning uh, plays and craps? 144 yeah. in a row. What? When yeah. was it? And it, where was this? This is uh, recently in Lang City. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like a, a trillion to one that anybody could do that and and she pulled it off. It's, yeah, she did it for four hours straight. She was rolling. Uh, winning craps rolls without rolling a seven. She didn't roll a seven for four hours or something. Then there's the stuff like uh, the lady that she won a megabucks slot machine, $35 million. Then she married her boyfriend two weeks later. She got hit with a by a drunk driver on a trip and her sister died and she was paralyzed from the waist or the neck down. So there's that oh, <laughs> story. Wow. 
There's a guy that uh, bet on a moon landing in 1964. Uh, there's wagering companies in England where you can yes. bet, on, you can anything. bet on anything over there. So he bet that a man would walk on the moon within within the end of the decade of the 60s. It was 1,000 to 1. Hold on, here comes a plane. You guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that paid off to him. My favorite story is this guy. He went to Vegas in 1992 with $50. Dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was right after he'd lost $2 million in Los Angeles at a high-stakes poker game. So he had $50 left, and he went to Vegas, and he ran into a friend who let him borrow $10,000. Three hours later, he paid the $10,000 back. And three years later, he had had this amazing winning strength where he had won forty million dollars. If you had ten thousand dollars, which uh, how would you how would you gamble it? Cockfighting. <laughs> yes. No, I'm when you when you asked what a form of gambling should be legalized, I I think that would be interesting to watch. I I think you know dog fighting or whatever is completely inhumane, but chicken fighting, I'd watch that. That's inhumane too. That they peck at each other and kill each other. Um, that's okay because I'm going to eat a chicken. So (laughs) if it's an animal, I'm going to eat, they can fight to the death. So (laughs) what if that's the only way that you ever would eat is if two animals fought to the death and that was your, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. I'm like the survival of the fittest thing. I heard one story uh, about uh, a woman who who won huge, uh, went up to the, uh, the counter, ended up getting deported back to Mexico. I mean, that's just a (laughs) kick in the nuts right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's another story of uh, Charlie Sheen, um, who spent like 200000 a week on gambling, and his ex-wife, or Denise Richards, claimed that he called his bookie when they were on the way to the hospital for the birth of their daughter to place bets. That's not too surprising, I don't think. No. Um, there was a guy that made a bet that he that he would not get breast implants and keep them for one year uh, <laughs> and for $100,000, and he ended up keeping them <laughs> because he liked them. I guess FedEx, the uh, company FedEx, I read that the owner was in trouble. It was down to its last $5,000. Uh, couldn't afford to fuel the delivery planes. So he went to Vegas and he gambled the last of the $5,000 and he made $26,000. And that was enough to keep the company in business and keep going. Hmm. Do you guys have a system for betting at all? It's like, called you know, lose like, all your money. <laughs> I, you know, I, I always try to Works double every my time. Money. So if I, I mean, I'm maybe put in 20 bucks. If I get 40, I cash out. And then, you know, wait a little bit longer. It probably doesn't even matter. But It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing. But it, it makes me feel better. Like, I actually won. So I walk away. But I think if you feel like you have a system, you feel like you have a level of control that you probably don't really have. Right. Yes. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that's real in a casino is is math. The numbers. Right. right. They will always win. They will always be against you, and that's the only thing that's real. You'll get lucky, maybe, but it's really you're probably not. Yeah. You know, everything is is built on probability, and it's it's weird. Like only like insurance. The insurance game is just like gambling. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, with actuarials and that. Um. You know, trying to figure out. It's really the odds. You know, they're odds makers. Uh, it's so pervasive in our society and always has been um, in the United States. I mean, I was looking at a little bit of the history of gambling in the United States, and it started with horse racing. And then there was actually lotteries uh, in the colonial Virginia uh, that really helped keep uh, some of the colonies you know, afloat. 
and it was a big deal that I guess uh, you know, Britain or they wanted to outlaw it, but uh, it was another form of contention between them and the colonies. But what's what's weird today is that uh, there's one state where they outlaw it completely. Uh, not only uh, lottery, uh, you know, of course the casinos, but not only lottery, but charitable and bingo games. So if you want to go to Utah. I was going to say Utah. <laughs> yep. Ding, ding, ding. That seems like a Utah thing. Uh, a friend of mine has been to Utah before and they don't have bars. They have like social clubs and you have to register and become a member of the social club and then you can drink there or something. I don't. I didn't understand the whole story, but I guess supposedly they don't have just like a normal bar you can just walk into and get a beer. You got to join whatever club and it's bizarre. Yeah, I have to go to Utah sometimes for work. The weird thing, one of the weird things about Salt Lake City is the width of the streets. Have you guys been there? Uh uh. I never noticed that. So, because it was a planned city by uh, Joseph Smith, um, he wanted his, the people to be able to turn their wagons completely around without having to resort to profanity. And so that's why he wanted the streets so wide. I believe it's something weird like that. And so now the streets are like super wide. It's hard to get across it in the time uh, if you're walking. You guys have a favorite uh, casino or gambling movie? Rounders. Rounders, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. my too. The, th- the thing that sticks out to me, just the one line of Rounders, is that he says, it's not about luck, If you know, because the top five players in the world are always there at the end at the uh, World Championship of Poker, so there's no way it's about luck. It's about other things mm-hmm. uh, other than luck. I never could get that. I never could play other people that way. Yeah, um, I can't do that either. I don't have... I think that's a... I think that's a you know, uh, in, an innate skill, and I don't mean that as a play on words. It's not innate, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not innate, but it is innate. Uh, it's just something you either have or you don't, and I don't think I have that. Like I've never, well, I won't say never. I did play poker once at a table, and it just it did not go well. So, no but yeah, I, I would heard say one... swingers or rounders. Swingers is a great movie too. Yeah, there is one tell that you can that you can keep an eye on is that someone probably has a good hand if they do this quick glance down to their chips after they see their cards. Their yes. brain says, "Okay, what's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to bet." So you got to look down at your chips and you look back up. Even pro players do it almost subconsciously. Um, the whole thing about the sunglasses is because or your retina will expand if you have a good hand because your eye will it works also with like pornography so your eye wants to take in as much of the image as possible when it sees like a good hand or like pornography it the black of your eye will expand to take in more light and so that's why they wear sunglasses to block that that's what i've heard anyway i always thought it'd be cool if a professional poker player had like those old like '80s baseball flip shades, and they <laughs> yeah. just like at will just flip them up and flip them down. And I thought you were gonna say like the sunglasses from the guy from Mannequin, the black guy, or those giant ones, like the huge in, ones from the '80s. I think you're thinking of Mannequin Two. Oh. Mannequin Two on the move. On the move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What were you saying one time? Did they come in and try and pitch like a Mannequin Three or Four? And they're like, I don't care how many cool, weird sunglasses that guy has. We're not making another one. <laughs> yeah, that pitch for Mannequin Two had to be difficult.
think I still have PTSD from I did one of those uh, timeshare. Oh no, yeah, Aaron! Yeah, I, I know because uh, didn't, we didn't have any money, and they were like, "You get a hundred dollars in chips if you just sit through this one-hour thing." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's do it." Saturday morning, let's just do it. It, it was five hours, and it was the most drain. I feel I still feel drained from it. It's so it was so horrible. They walked you around the casino and they kept trying to get you to buy. And I was like, no. And I had made the mistake of lying about like what I did for a living and how much money I made. So then they were really, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But then, I, cause I knew I wasn't going to do anything anyway. So I, I said I made more money than I did. And so then they were really interested and we could never get out of there. You get a hundred dollar chip that you have to win a hundred dollars to get. Uh, it's a weird deal. How you get a, it. See, that's the thing is there's always yeah. a catch. It's never just a straight up. Okay, here's your here's your voucher. It's not. It's like you got to win it back a hundred, and then you get a hundred. It's like, and then I think I lost on the one one round of something. No, I'm just curious. What did you tell him you did for a living? I told him I was a writer. Okay, and well, I no, told him I I wrote I had a, had best selling books and stuff, and okay. um, and then she's like, wow. So if I Google your name right now, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe not. You know, I don't know if it it'd be my. I, I read under a pseudonym. I think I told her. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, I'm in Vegas, might as well act like I'm living the high life, and then it backfired totally, because then they really wanted to sell to me. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't understand, I, I work at a motorhome factory, I don't make any money. Two days in Vegas is enough for me, and then I'm sick of it. It's, uh, it's one of those things in Vegas where it looks awesome. And then once you look closer, like the plaster looks kind of cheap usually, or it looks awesome from afar. Like Caesar's Palace, everything looks beautiful, but it's made out of like paper mache. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a kid's school project. You're like, yeah, you can punch right through this wall. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the Think Funny podcast. Uh, for this is Aaron Donnelly for Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly. Uh, hey, appreciate everybody. We've been last couple of weeks. We've been growing pretty well in the listenership. So um, tell a friend and uh, share it with a friend if you'd like. That'd be great. And we'll see you guys next week. No, it's just runny runny eggs in a bar by myself playing Kino. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a nice Thanksgiving that year. Uh-huh.